0: The word of exercise and plant base, the combination of those two has so much potential. It's in and to be able to have the chance as a physician to see athlete. Or encourage them to demonstrate the importance of optimal health with this combination. Not that I want to forget about stress and sleep and all these and, you know, consumption of uh, alcohol and everything. But, but I see this amazing combination. We, we, we're at a tipping point now where people are starting to realize the importance of proper nutrition with the plant-based and the exercise. It's, it's just that this inflammation control with a better uh, exercise combined allows you to reach a peak that is so much better.
1: Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are your hosts, Jess and BJ, and we're on a mission to create a better world The kind of world that changes as we change, and one that becomes better as we all heal and grow and expand our mindset to realize that it all begins within us. The changes we all desire must start from within, and we begin that journey by becoming more aware of how we are living and feeling our life. Today, we're honored to welcome plant-based telehealth team member, Dr. Elizabeth Fontaine to the show. Dr. Fontaine is double board certified in OBGYN in lifestyle medicine and a fellow of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Before specializing in women's health, in which she has an extensive background, she focused on obesity management and exercise physiology. And now Dr. Fontaine finds herself seeing patients through plant-based telehealth, but also coaching fellow physicians on lifestyle changes that equate to increased well-being in their life and profession. We have a vast scope of knowledge that we all get to learn from today, and we're looking forward to seeing where this conversation goes. Dr. Fontaine, welcome to the show. Well, thank you.
0: It's always impressive to listen to to what people have our biography. I mean, you succeed to kind of put the good thing all together. So, thank you. I appreciate. Yeah.
1: That. Well, we appreciate your time. We've had such a great experience talking with all the doctors and just learning about everyone's unique journey. I believe that we're here to, you know, share our gifts, and we, and we've got to we figure out what those gifts are whether we recognize them as gifts or not we f- we find those and unearth those just through the story of our life and um and you have you've have quite an experience in the medical field under your belt i love that you're working um doing some coaching with physicians but in my research, and I don't think BJ found this either, but in our research um, leading up into this podcast, I don't—we don't know your plant-based story, which is what I would love for you to share with us today, and whatever all else comes with that story, we'd love to hear it.
0: Well, I think that um, you know, the first of all, I like to tell your uh, people listening that my accent come from Quebec. Um, I'm from Quebec City. And I've been in the United States now for 28 years um, practicing. And um, my story, it's its interesting. There's a blend between exercise and the, um, you know, nutrition. So, um, and I thought maybe that would be interesting to say that I was a totally, a, not necessarily a, an exerciser until 1976. I'm not young. In 1976, we had the Olympic in Montreal. And unfortunately, my family, uh, was not into sports. So I was watching it on TV and I saw the, uh, people running and I said, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to start that. I'm going to start running. And, and since then, I've always kept, you know, I've never been a, a super athlete. Uh, I had some good time in my marathon, incident, half marathon, but I've always kept it. So I went and and studied, like you said earlier, in um, exercise physiology, obesity. And at that time, I was already interested by nutrition. I didn't know plant-based, but I was already, you know, exploring um, the vegetarian uh, option. And it, actually what happened is that practicing as an OBGYN, I saw my patient growing older with me and also getting unhealthy. And, um, you know, I would send them back to their primary care physician and nothing uh, to say about the primary care. They're so overwhelmed that they would come back on medication. And I said, well, there's another way to do this. So in my practice, which was against what the hospital was thinking, I decided to do a clinic that would be only lifestyle. So I would do the Friday morning. And I select my patient. I said, you know what? You do have this chronic disease. If you'd like to explore that, I'm going to start that on a Friday morning. And I start seeing people, even at that time, the hospital didn't want to code. They didn't want to use the CPT coding. They thought it was out of, this was not acceptable. But we start doing that and I, I searching. Um, I discovered the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. That was at the very, very beginning of the American College. It was probably ten, twelve years ago. So I've been with the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And this is where I discovered the plant base. You know, I it's the first time I went and met uh the research of Dean Ornish, Assistine, and all these names that uh you know was amazing to see the impact of the plant base. So I came home actually a little bit off of the office of what I'm going to say. I came home and it was around, um, uh, what is it? Just uh, November. What is it? I have a blank into your, um, this, it wasn't Christmas. What's, what's Thanksgiving. before Christmas? There you go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I have to think about these term in English. And I said to people, we're going to, we're going to give it a try here. You know, if you tell, if you show people results on literature, it doesn't mean anything until you demonstrate the impact locally. So I took 15 people and including my family. I should bring my husband here. He said, are you out of your mind? You want us to stop eating meat? We, we've always done this way. And I said, well, you know, the research is pretty uh, clear. So I have two girls, and at the time they were, I don't know, 14. They were in high school, 14, 16, and they both agreed to do that for the two weeks. So we we did the 21 days. Um, And I took all these people that had elevated blood pressure, high cholesterol. For two weeks, they wanted to kill me during Thanksgiving, what what an idea of a physician. But the results were just amazing. You know, like we all know, you can have substantial change in all these results. Your cholesterol can drop significantly. Uh, your weight, obviously, drops significantly. A lot of people improve uh, their early diabetes uh, so all that reverse made such a significant impact and that was you know one of the element that allowed me slowly progressively to to make the change in my um, hospital they they were not they're still not ready for that but um, you know it was a beginning and, and you know you hear so much about it now compared to when I was talking about that ten years ago or even me when I was talking about Exercise forty years ago. I ran my marathon forty years ago, so I'm a little bit of an early boomer. <laughs> <laughs> that was the the Montreal Marathon in Ottawa that I ran. Uh, so you know, so
2: you are blazing a trail, and I think that takes a lot of. Um... Uh, confidence and belief that what you're doing is the right thing, even though there's there's probably resistance from the hospital that you know you know what are you doing? But what resistance did you feel from any of the patients that you that you brought in during this time of Thanksgiving, which is when we want to eat everything and, and everything again? Um, what, was there any resistance from them as to
0: you know what? It's yeah. pretty amazing, but when you are a physician that they trust, they're ready to do it. So I always tell the physician, I said, once you understand how important it is, the people will do it. You know, so those 15 people, I didn't necessarily select them. They were not my, my patient because me, I see women. I have men into the study that came with their uh, wife and accepted the fact that, you know, um, you know, Dr. Fontaine, my wife trusts. And actually, if the wife, Trust or the woman and the family trust the physician. Usually, the family goes, so it's it's a, it's very important. The woman is an important factor to make choice, health choice in the family. So they they, they accepted it. I mean, I there's not much else. I mean, you're gonna say, well, she thinks she's good. It is. this important. You, you gotta. They have to have trust in you, and they were. Did your
1: husband stay with it? Did your family stay with it long-term? Yes.
0: Yes. One of uh, my daughter, um, actually, I brought her to the American College of Lifestyle. I think it was the year that I was doing the board. This was the very first board in 2017. And my youngest came. She was not totally, but once she uh, she saw all the information, she came to all the sessions. She said, this is it. I'm going to be plant-based. Uh, my husband is probably 98%. I, I won't say that it doesn't happen. He, he's not going to eat something, but he's pretty good. And, and, you know, the interesting thing is he's going to go out there and talk about it and give the message. And I'm like, here you go. You know, he's very convinced that it had had some good impact. I mean, we were pretty healthy. He's a biker, um, and, uh, you know, myself too. So not that it had any significant difference in, you know maybe the way we look like losing weight or things like that but you know when you think that we're both uh, over 60 without medication for chronic disease so it's uh, it's always a good sign so mm-hmm. so the family stick with it
1: so you as a woman um and just and, and even as a runner back then did you notice any changes uh, or any, you know, results in blood work or anything like
0: that as you made your switch to fully plant-based. Well, you know, that's an, a, a difficult uh, situation for me to say that I see any difference because I was, I went from relatively healthy by doing exercise every day to suddenly being optimally healthy. So I'm giving myself the best chance to not hopefully developing any of the chronic disease. Cause it's not because you're a runner, you exercise that you prevent all this. This may look good, you know, okay, oh, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm a triathlete. But if you eat anything, first of all, it plays on the results. You usually will have much better results if you eat much better, um, but it has an impact. We see there's a lot of studies that are happening in Quebec with sudden death of very high-level athlete, long-distance runner. And so the question is, are we blaming the fact that they're really uh, doing too much exercise and would have an impact on their vessel? They did not mention if these people were plant-based, and I'm, I'm concerned that the inflammation related with the fact that these people are probably not plant-based is playing a, a pretty big role into this. I, I agree with you. We, you know, as
1: the sport of triathlon, has grown and I want to say it was maybe like 10 years ago we started and you know that's just that's just the number that's coming into my head I know it probably happened before and but seeing people have heart attacks on the swim mm-hmm. And as I was learning, this was about the time that I was learning about plant-based and becoming plant-based and realizing the health benefits and just the strain on the heart of eating an an inflammatory diet, but also all the extra things that come along with an animal-based diet, I started to think, is it... Is it the is it more tied into what their everyday diet is as opposed to the difficulty of the swim? So, the I would say the leading organization here, the business would be Ironman, right? The Ironman branded yeah. events, and so they started a whole Swim Smart program and more safety, and so that there's. Trying to control the levels of anxiety that people were facing. But I was thinking, my gosh, if, because it can be pretty anxious getting into the water with 2,000 people. And then if you don't have a heart <laughs> that's getting all of the blood that it needs, like it just, yeah. to me, it seemed like a recipe. But I, I, I love that they're doing studies on this. But, and I, I thought about that years ago. I'm like, I, I think that there's another piece here that we're not talking about. And that is the everyday diet because you cannot, Exercise yourself out of
0: heart disease. Correct, correct. I'd be interest. It'd be an amazing study, you know, to be able to evaluate. But it's a long-term study, and that's tough. How do you How do you spend you know your life to evaluate these individuals and see how they're doing? So, but I do believe that there's an impact, definitely, of the diet. So. You originally went into
1: exercise physiology, kinesiology, um, working with obesity management. Now, is that spurred from your love of running, which came from the inspiration of watching the Olympics?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually. I, I, I suppose I had a little bit of talent in running. I'm more of a runner than any – well, I, I do a lot of sport, and, and, and I'll tell you what I do now for activity. But, you know, my research is interesting, my research that I did – um, for my, um, paper. So I trained 20 set of identical and non-identical twins for 20 weeks, 20 weeks. That was, so I was looking at the time, not only for the obesity, but the exercise response and how they were. I don't know if you even imagine to differentiate those twins, but I was able to uh, at the end, that was good enough, so I had them every single day. This was on a stationary bike, but every day, five days a week, I trained them for 20 weeks for my research project to see if there was a a, a significant difference between the fact that you're um, an identical twins versus non-identical. And the research we did after was more related to overfeeding, which... It sounds to be a little crazy, but that, that was some of the studies that we were doing. So it was a fascinating and such a fun, fun time, many, many years ago, but fun time. What were you finding? What were some of the results that you found? This is so well, interesting. Yeah, well, it is. And you think, you know, genetic, it was more genetic at the time because my advisor was uh, very strong in genetics. So he really wanted us to, uh, well, just to be able to find those twins was something, uh, you don't find, you know, Quebec City doesn't have uh, as much population as you can find in New York. So we were able to find them and, and to make sure that they were identical. Who's <laughs> just looking at them. It's enough to say that they're identical. But anyway, uh, yes, there is definitely a correlation between uh, the twins. So twins will respond pretty much the same way as opposed to, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it a little bit more simple. There might be other element, but compared to the uh, non-identical twins, that would be different. The one set of twins was totally amazing. They were identical and, uh, they were not exercises per se. They had a bike at the time, which might still be, you know, very popular bike with no speed. And that was their way of transportation. They had a VO2 max in the order without training in the order of 75, 80. Now, I don't know if people have any idea, you know, yes. of your population. Well, that's a high level of VO2 max. It's, it's the level of an athlete of, uh, Uh, were uh, triathlon level, marathon level. And these guys were just biking, going from one place to another, just a natural, natural athlete uh, that obviously had probably something like 1% body fat when I was talking with them because we were measuring those things. It was fascinating. And I tell you the word of exercise and plant-based, the combination of those two has so much potential. It's in, in to be able to have the chance as a physician to see athlete or encourage them to demonstrate the importance of optimal health with this combination. Not that I want to forget about stress and sleep and all these and, you know, consumption of uh, alcohol and everything, but, but I see this amazing combination. We, we, we're at a tipping point now where people are starting to realize the importance of proper nutrition with the plant-based and the exercise it's it's just that this inflammation control with a better uh, exercise combined allows you to reach a peak that is so much better so i i find you know what you're doing fascinating and hopefully hopefully we'll have the chance to work together i love that
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like um I feel like that's a magical com- combination too, but I also think in terms of longevity and being able to do this for a really, really long time, like this is something I wanna do for a long time. I don't foresee myself stopping. And in order to do that, um, I need to be, pay attention to the food that I'm putting in my body. And not just if it's plant-based or not, but what type of plant-based food are we putting in? You know, this the chips and the processed vegan or plant-based foods, Um, there's plenty of options for those, but when we really hone in our practice of, of bringing mindfulness and a less stressful life into the choices that we make when we're actually consuming food, and I know Jess is really good at this, you know, taking time to actually eat in a mindful way, in a slow way, not with Netflix in front of you, not with, you know, trying to do work and trying to multitask, but actually like pay attention to it. You find that, um, you're able to do more and you're able to do it consistently more often, which is what we all want to do because we want to move often. Like we get a taste for it and then, um, and we really like it. And then we feel like we can go even more and more. And when we do that, we got to be very careful. You know, if we go too extreme, then we take a few days to recover but what we like to do here as as a little bit of insight is we like to be consistent every day and then and then bump up just a little bit and then come back and then bump up a little bit so that we can get what everybody wants is to move often i, I think we take it for granted and we, the only way we realize it is when we are injured or we are fatigued and we wish that we were doing <laughs> the exercise, but we actually can't.
0: You can't. Yeah. yeah, it is uh, an interesting and important point that you're touching, this realization that uh, you've reached that point that is above and beyond, and then you have this um, question of exhaustion. Um, so unfortunately, you're right. You know, we're talking about plant-based, but basically, if we wanted to be a little bit more explicit, it's, it's a whole plant-food-based diet and therefore not including the process plant-based. And I have to admit that for the people that I see, people that we hear in the webinar or people that come to see us, there's a lot of extreme and, and not necessarily understanding well. Um, what it is, um, as much as people are totally confused with even the standard American diet they're confused to what it is to be eating good. And I see a lot of extreme where they eliminate everything. And so we really have to be able to bring them back and take the thing, you know, the component of nutrition as a whole to understand it is not one specific little element, but a whole that we need to be very careful with, with, you know, lots of color and lots of uh, variety. That That's the most important thing. So There's a lot of teaching. And by the way, talking about that, I know that you're probably, they are aware that physicians are far from being very well, uh, good, uh, trained in nutrition. So there's a lot of work. So that might seem to be interesting for a lot of your uh, listeners that, you know, physician and plant-based nutrition. So we do lifestyle, not only plant-based, but, you know, so, certainly a lot of plant-based uh, and wondering, that's all they do, you know, for physician But that's what will reverse most of the chronic disease that is responsible of, you know, how much it costs in our healthcare system. So 80% of our money invested in healthcare system is related to chronic disease. And these chronic diseases are almost 90% related to our lifestyle. So what we eat, but also what we don't do. So the importance of moving, but the importance of eating the right thing, which is, you know, between you and I, the whole plant food-based diet. So there's all lots of teaching to do that there. And uh, being able to combine the two is even more, uh, you know, I, I don't know to what extent, it's interesting to be part of this discussion here. I, I'm not I guess I'm not aware to see that many athletes that are plant-based. Um, so listening to your podcast, I see a lot and it's really amazing. And I like to see that. And I'm hoping that there'll be, uh, more and more because the majority of them, uh, it transformed their performance. It's, they can't. Imagine that this is possible. Uh, And obviously, I think I'm not a very good example uh, because I'm so thin. But lots of people are asking, where do you take your proteins? Obviously, for me, it may not be the best example when they look at me, but I say there's plenty of plant based athlete that that uh, I I tend to give example of Serena Williams I think it's a good example as it's just pretty but there's there's quite a bit of you know football player and other uh, weight training individual uh, even that I saw in your uh, podcast and, and it's it's amazing to see uh, how successful a lot of these individual like mentioning you know how much this has contribute to their success so it's nice to see.
1: Yeah it it's so hopeful isn't it it's it's just it it makes me even more optimistic right if i'm just a, a naturally optimistic person and now i feel like i'm optimally optimistic as more and more people come and join us at yogi triathlete one of our triathlon coaches uh, bj is one of them but our other triathlon coach created this entire brand called the Vegan Powered Athlete um, on account of losing his mom to a massive heart attack one day, you know, and just waking up to this whole myth about, you know, what we've been sold and fed and packaged food that's not even food. And it's just this amazing community. And a lot of people are coming now to plant based. They're coming to endurance sports and they're coming from a place of obesity. A lot, not all, but like there is a large population of people who are really looking for life transformation. Something that we come up with, I just had like probably three conversations in the last week talking to athletes and asking them what they're eating in a day who are really trying to drop weight. We're talking 50, 75, maybe 100 pounds. And from my perspective they're not taking in enough calories mm-hmm. and they're frustrated because they're like i'm eating vegan but the weight's not coming I'm off i'm exercising i'm exercising what's the deal and i and we know stress we know sleep we know mindset we know all of these things are like you said it's it's a whole um a whole piece but somebody who has worked with obesity management in the past um do you have any wisdom to share on that for people who are looking to drop weight, uh, maybe large amounts of weight, and the importance of making sure that you're still fueling your workouts yeah. and that you're fueling your recovery and just your everyday body for life.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's oh my gosh, it's such a phenomenon that I, I've seen. Uh, you know, obviously, first of all, obesity. When I was working in obesity, when I was in Quebec 40 years ago, 10%. And we thought this was high. Level of obesity that some area in the United States, it's around 30%. So we're not calculating overweight here. We're saying obesity, 30%. So, so that's not unusual for you to see a lot of people coming with obesity and, and overweight and saying, I want, I want to get better. Um, but oftentimes I feel that if they're really doing the right thing, if it's really a whole plant base and starting to do exercise, I think it's a little bit like, I, I may not use the best example, but the infertile couple that has no reason, a lot of times there'll be situations where when they let go, they get pregnant. Huh? That, that happens. So it is a little bit like that. It's eventually you have to let them say, okay, you, you're doing all the right thing, just just let it happen. now. I want to make sure that I don't forget about what you said. The majority of women, especially women, do not eat enough calories. It's just like it's uh, – or especially when I was helping uh, people, they were not plant-based, and they would eat, um, you know, a bowl of cereal at night or, uh, you know, something like a protein bar somewhere. I'm not saying the protein bar is bad, but if it's the only thing you eat and – and it's amazing, despite of the fact that there are decreasing substantially the amount of calorie they're not losing weight so so what's burning calorie in our body? the muscle so women do not realize that we have a higher body fat than the man, even women that are pretty thin like me carries easily a nineteen percent body fat. I'm not talking about a athlete that can go much lower, but women in general always have a higher body fat. And some women that may appear to be pretty thin, uh, carries a lot more um, body fat. And therefore it is hard for them because you cannot burn enough calorie if you don't have muscle. So you have to be able to encourage them to build a little bit muscle and play with the exercise. It is not just only the aerobic exercise. So they have to change a little bit, like you were saying earlier, uh, BJ. Um, you know, you take, you, you, you got some days where you 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 do the same thing, and then whoops, you change. So you you need to do that. The same with people that are trying to lose weight. You got to play the game. Your system is intelligent. It wants to bring you back to where you've always been. So that's why people that say, "Oh, I've lost twenty pounds. I went back right up." Your body's brilliant. It takes a little bit of time. And you have to be able to, you know, it's one person at a time, but women specifically. If I take women and and men and a couple together, the guy was always winning. Obviously, he comes, he doesn't have to do anything, and he was losing weight. And I said, you don't get it. You know, the muscle, and the muscle brings the resting metabolic rate higher. This is how we burn energy, is the resting metabolic rate that is boosted up a little bit more with the exercise, and then that's how you build at the beginning. And then we can change and introduce more aerobics. So you got to, uh, you know, it's a personalized plan because everybody's different. Some people will do better with the aerobics. Some other, we have to uh, work a little bit more into the uh, other type of training, making sure obviously stress and all that. Does that make sense
1: for you guys? Yeah, that's that makes so much sense. And I think this is a good segue into talking about uh women's health. I'm 50. I just turned 50. Um we've we've got You're we're young, young cheek for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we've got uh women on the team in their 40s, 50s, um but I don't just want to speak to them because I know that uh, there's, you know, in your 20s, in your 30s, you can be setting yourself up for um You know, better shifts in your hormones and changes going through menopause when you're younger. So, just in general, let's see where should we pop this off. Um, Let's let's keep with the theme of you know strength building Uh, for what can women in their twenties and thirties you know be doing now to set themselves up for better you know menopause changes when they're in their fifties
0: um wow you got a big question here we can sit for a long time talking (laughs) about that settle right in (laughs) yeah you want to talk about osteoporosis hot flashes and all the symptoms uh, so that that could be a a very long path but you know everything starts when you're younger you build everything there you build your muscle mass you build your bones and, and and if we talk about bones when you get older you, you know around around age 30 is where we e, e reach our maximum and then start going down and the the more we go lower and older the less bone mass and it's a little bit more women that are at touch and and unfortunately when we pass menopause the hormones impact even more and we go even lower so the most important thing is when you're young you got to be able to maintain this bone mass and it is, is a perfect segue to say to keep your bone mass, you can do some weight training. That is the best way for you with a better bone and um, muscle mass. You're making your bone mass a lot stronger when you're younger. Now, and, and it prevent by, by having that. Usually most of the time you're going to keep your bone. You know, if you look at people, I've seen my patient getting older with me, but I see the body changes and I'm like, I can tell, because I've seen sufficiently, this is somebody who already started her life being pretty solid. She's got some good muscle mass, and I know that I probably wouldn't even have to do a bone density on her. I know she's going to maintain this. And I can see somebody like me, and I say, well, you're going to have to work a little bit harder on you, because you're a lean person, and you know your muscle is probably more... Uh, you know, the endomorph type of person. And you have to be careful to be able to maintain this muscle mass so that it helps to prevent the osteoporosis. Now, we're not talking about diet here, but, you know, vitamin D and the calcium in the diet. And the vitamin D is probably better with the sun, which unfortunately we're now saying to everybody, put cream, 100% cream. But if you don't have a little bit of exposure then we don't have this amazing absorption, so we have to be careful. Um, It is well known now that the plant-based diet can substantially help women going through menopause, um, decreasing substantially the hot flashes. Um, So if you look at other population of uh, women that were on the plant-based they didn't have the menopause and the hot flashes and all the symptoms that we're having. If you look at Asian, now it's changing because now they're adopting a little bit more of our American diet. But if you look in the past studies, they were not as effective as we are here. So uh, Neil Barner had done the recent studies actually on the impact of a, a whole plant-based diet and adding a half a cup of um, soybeans every day for 12 weeks and evaluate how women would do. And there was 80% of reduction of hot flashes. So that's, that's, yeah, it's a good sign. I should send you the article. So it, there's not a lot of, of research yet on this topic, but we're seeing more and more. And that's, that's where things are, you know, changing. So it perfectly, uh, ex- perfect example of the impact. Of uh, a plant-based diet, and like you said, your menopause, your women that are changing—you know, hitting the menopause—is such a, a a terrible time in uh, perimenopause to change in the cycle and the, and things that they don't like to discuss. It's it's something that really they don't like to have to. They, you know, they, they'll discuss it with a group of women, but they don't necessarily share it you know, with with even their physician. Primary care physician are not necessarily comfortable <laughs> all the time to discuss all the symptoms that are related to it. And we had terrible also research done 20 years ago on hormone that makes it even harder for women. So not that I want to get into this specific topic, but so much misinformation um just um, makes it a little bit more difficult. But hey, the women that sees you, at least, they're very active. <laughs> so that that's very helpful for uh, symptoms during menopause, like hot flashes and uh, the most important one being hot flashes. But <clears throat> being able to maintain a more regular weight will definitely also help them to go through menopause without having those uh, significant change in their period and heaviness and everything that is... Um, you know something that is very uh, annoying and uncomfortable. May not be as interested for men to listen to that, but they probably mm-hmm. hear about it. You know, it's it's just terrible. Yeah, and you know our coaches. The we've got a female coach, and we've
1: got two male coaches. And these guys are coaching women who are approaching menopause, in menopause, past menopause, and and these women are competitive and they and they want to excel mm-hmm. in their sport. And so. Um, what are some of your favorite, like, weight-bearing exercises well, that... Well, go ahead. Do you have a well, question? Well, yeah.
2: Well, you said... I'm glad you said that. Is it, does, does it necessarily have to be weight-bearing, or can it just be body, body weight? You know, because I, I envision somebody listening to this and saying, like, I need to get my gym membership. I need to start lifting heavy weight. Can it be, like, push-ups and, and things that you can do at home?
0: I think that's... Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You're right. Resistance ban and walking, uh, walking with a, a, a small backpack. You're going for your walk, uh, two three miles, and having something on your. Doesn't have to be extremely heavy, but you're just carrying some a little bit of weight. Some people do it on their hand, not not excessively heavy, but they're practicing the movement of biceps. And like I said, a bike, uh, a backpack, uh, things like that could be done. But then, obviously, eventually, the resistance band doesn't have to be heavy weight. Uh, and uh, and eventually, I think also people kind of. You know, even even uh, something like the, the the yoga is actually excellent, not only for helping to maintain the the mass. You're not building big muscle anyway. it's people women are always afraid they they're not going to build a huge muscle. Uh, but it's a good exercise to maintain, and also for women that are getting older, is to be able to uh, maintain this um, stability and the stretching that we're losing with time. It's, it's unfortunate, but we're starting to have, you know, much harder. Um, we have more difficulty to, with the stretching and the, uh, so yoga for me is terrible. I am far from being a yoga person. Uh, I, I've never been able, even when I was young, it was such a fun thing. Um, but I do it. I do it because now I say, I'm sorry, but it's, uh, it's, you know, I cannot just imagine I'm going to, go to the gym and pump iron this is not how it's going to work so i do more pilates and uh, yoga uh, in order to help me with the rest of the exercise that i do mm.
2: i think that's a yeah that's it doesn't have to be one way or the other it can be a, a fluid process be flexible in how you train and that can shift over the years you were running before now you're cycling and doing more yoga and pilates like it's just mo- the important thing is to move the body and i feel like you bump what we bump up against is the behavior change that needs to happen um, or Absolutely. the mindset change. So how do you work with, how do you work with, or how have you been able to shift people's mindset when it's, when it, let's talk about the weights in your hands, how can light weights in my hands give me an amazing workout? You know, the resistance to it's gotta be more than that. I have to feel more than that, but it's a behavior.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. You're talking about behavior. So this is what brought me to coach physician. So I, I, You know, in the in the process of helping my patient to change, I had created a program that's called Better You, which I had I started with, you know, my obstetric nurses. I went one day and I said what would you do if I was just offering a program to try to help you in healthy? Every single nurse, nurse lift their hands. So I said, oh, it looks like I have a good population here. So I start, I start, I mean, that was many years ago. I start when Fitbit was not even in the market. I was ordering the Fitbit. So tell you how long it's been. So we measured them at the beginning, the Fitbit, uh, just to bring you to, uh, when they were with me, their result was amazing. As soon as Dr. Fontaine was out of the picture, they would go back to where they were. So I kind of had this frustration of saying, okay, so how do I do this? You know, it's, it doesn't work. I, they're not going to be with me all the time. So the behavior is the important time, section into this. So I went and started doing a health coaching. I did what they call the well coach with the group in um, in um, Boston, Massachusetts area. And I'll tell you at the beginning, I was like, really? And then eventually you capture and you understand. So like like, like anything else, I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a I have a surgeon spirit. So you got to get going, do something. But and that's what's kind of and then eventually I'm like, wow, that is something. This is an amazing point where you really have to take time. You know, is this all this about this self awareness and listening to the person to understand where are they coming from? Um, they're the one that will make the change, not me. So in these situations, I have to let them talk more and being able to use what they're telling me to try to help them to make the change themselves. So it's easy for me to say, hey, you have a high cholesterol, you got to do something about it. It's not going to work. And they're going to do it for one or two weeks. Even people that we give medication, Take it for a certain time and then people are not consistent. So you really have, and it, it, it's, it's a lot of investment in time, but you have a much better result. If you're able to make them decide what makes you decide that you wanted to do uh triathlete coaching, you know, and, and want to do that for your life, it's the same thing for them. And it's not easy because the environment that we live in is all not in favor. The food industry, the lobbying, um, is very difficult. So what I the little influence that I have in my office is limited to the time that I'm with the individual, which will bring me to tell you that the best place to have a huge influence is that the community level. So that's where we start, and you might have seen that in my biography, the the community-based intervention that we did in Vermont, which is Rise Vermont, started in our Small community where I am, um, where we choose childhood abuse and said we need to change and do primary prevention, not waiting until people have chronic disease, which is okay. We can help in reverse, but resolve is difficult in reversing. We have a much better chance to prevent by starting with young people. So this was so uh, popular that we presented at the state level for our ACU that we call One Care Vermont, and they choose it as the primary prevention model, um, Rise Vermont. So I was part of the founder of these. It's different than being a high-level athlete, but of these young kids that hopefully will um, we would save from obesity, who knows, some of them will, you know, change the planet. Um, so that was the uh, idea of doing and The the. Behavior changes the biggest component.
2: Yeah, I was gonna ask, like, what is it about the childhood obesity? Like, what is it? What is is the what is the most common thread of changing the habits and the food that they eat eat to the point where they're where they're maybe more active and being a, a participant and on that trend to being someone who can change the world? What is it about it?
0: Well, it, it is that, uh, the prevention is much easier than reversing. As I mentioned to you, once the people are there, once people have to lose a hundred pounds, once people have to, you know, stop two medication, it, it's much easier to not having to take any medication. Can you imagine? It, it's hard to imagine, but the saving that we can do for our health if we don't even have to take medication as opposed to have to reverse. Now the childhood of busy was what the prevention, but the fact was that we were community based. So we work at the school level. We work with the business. We work with the town. You work everywhere to have an impact. That's, that's the blue zone model, mm-hmm. but a little bit more local because we couldn't afford something like blue zone. We found a, another model that was very successful in Europe that we call EPOD. It's a, it's a French acronym that, that says, together, let's prevent childhood obesity. So in French, we say, ensemble, prevenons l'obesité des enfants. It's the same thing in English, but it was prevention. Mm-hmm. They had substantial results that was demonstrated at the moment they decided to go community-based level. And, uh, it was, the results are just amazing. So we had the chance to work with them. They came here. They still, doing some good result in Europe and we can we still have the possibility of doing this here but it's a little bit different than being a high level athlete <laughs> you eating plant based i'm just telling you some of the you know crazy stuff that I've had the chance to do in my career you know the power of
1: community is so Oh, so yeah. important. Um, you know, we just, we saw it yesterday. We, BJ and I went out for a run with, um, with, uh, the vegan powered athlete and, uh, and another, uh, team member. And we all, we ran 22 miles on the trails. And, you know, on the second half, you could tell that every one of us was fatigued. We had something going on in our body that we were working through, but the four of us together, did it together, right? And it, in. Maybe if we were all individually alone, it would have been much harder. Maybe we wouldn't have gotten the full 22 miles in. Um, so we see it all the time. The, the power of community together and, and what is possible. And, you know, the, the deeper groove that we made yesterday in the direction that we all desire was impacted by the four of us being together. So do you do group coaching now? Are you,
0: or are you working towards that? So, I have done group coaching already. Uh, Don't forget I'm old, so I've already done a lot of stuff. (laughs) But we want more. We want more. more. (laughs) (laughs) So, when I was in uh, my hospital, I had introduced what they call the CHIP program, which is Complete Improvement Health Program. Which is very well known in the program accepted by the American College of Lifestyle Medicine to reverse and treat uh, and prevent chronic disease. It's it's actually a group. Uh, it's based on group visit. So um, I've introduced this program in my hospital, and we, uh, I probably taught this um, probably I don't know 15 times. And my better you was a group uh, visit program. It was this one was free because I was offering them to my. My hospital as a, as a, just wanted to help people to to remain healthy. So I had I had the better you five times until they start bringing a little bit more in lifestyle medicine. But the group visit is probably where I mean, is there anything better than having and listening to the people that share what's happening? Is they do more work than I do when I, I teach a class. I mean, we talked about it topic we give a little bit of information, and then we let them share there and and that sharing, like you said, this community level of discussion makes it that it brings it to another level and people have this interest of wanting to do more by sharing their recipe what they've done for exercise so so it, it's the the interest is is definitely there, and we will do um, um, some of these uh group visit once we're going to, um, you know, get going uh, at uh, plan base. There's a discussion of, uh, uh, I guess I can't really discuss that now, but there's some sort of a potential that we will do group visit, which, you know, I would love. Uh, and, and I'll tell you that the COVID was probably negative for Losing a lot of individual, unfortunately, but we have the chance to suddenly do so much more. Um, these group visit me. I could, I could see people. I can see people in New Zealand as a physician. It's amazing. Uh, what it allows us and having the chance to talk to you. I probably would have not even know you if it was not mm-hmm. of this. Uh, so it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's, uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully will uh, hopefully it's just going to keep going because I tell you that the, the health system is sometimes very slow when it comes to those things because I have mentioned to my own hospital here the importance of doing um telehealth and they were not, they were just waiting and when COVID hit, yeah, I mean, when he was doing telehealth, so it's, uh, we got to, you know, just adjust with the timing.
2: How do you, I love, I love the way that you describe um the challenges. How, have you always been optimistic and, you know, I, I know you've got this cha- challenging thing with the, with healthcare, but you're you always pull on the the positives of it. So, it's just, is this how you've always been?
0: Yeah, just my my are. nickname is grit. Mm. People, <laughs> not, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not very nice. There's only one person that named me like that. Just you can't, you can't just you just keep going. And, I I don't know. I suppose some people are made to. Uh, you know, go ahead. I'm, I'm a, I guess I'm a trailblazer. I'm interested to see, bring it to, there's probably a place that you know a lot better in plant-based than uh, where I was in Vermont, but it was fascinating. And, um, when, when COVID hit and I stopped practicing to be able to discover the plant-based telehealth, it was another element where I say, you know what? I, I'm happy to coach physician because they need it. Um, but I wanted to continue doing, um, to be a physician and, and, being a physician with athletes is even more passion, It's, it's a passion for me because of my background in exercise. I can only say that this is, you know, just an amazing field. Uh, to see people that have the desire of being healthy and being able to be there with them and say, yes. You know, when you talk about optimal health, we're not only trying to reverse disease and, and treat disease. We want to see people that want to stay healthy so people tend to say, well, I don't need to see a doctor. I'm healthy. Or the physician don't want to see you. That's the opposite of what we want to do. We want to do optimal health. So we want to make sure that we maintain your health so that you have good result in your um, athlete's life. That's probably one of the most important message here. Well, I know we have a lot of uh, female athletes
1: that listen to this podcast, right? So, female athletes, maybe forties, fifties, like you guys, this is your doctor. You gotta, (laughs) if you are wondering how you can move into, you know, these shifts in your body and in your life, and maintain a, you know, your competitive level of athleticism, definitely check out. Dr. Fontaine with plant-based telehealth. I, it definitely excites me, um, for what you have to offer, not just this community, of course, but the world. And, you know, we talked to Dr. Clapper, who is going into colleges and, uh, medical schools and talking to the students. And now we've got you who is actually doing it from the physician end of things. And so what, uh, what excites you right now? I mean, you've been in this field for so long, but what is it that you're kind of chomping on right now that excites you for the future?
0: Well, that, that's the reason I, when you were talking about behavior, I think the the coaching and behavior was to come up to the level of resistance that I had with the uh, leadership team and healthcare physician, um, and to be able to to be at this level and help them with the coaching, which is a, a different model, definitely. Physician needs help not only because they're burned out, um, but to make them understand what we were trying to accomplish. So um, there was a lot of resistance from primary care physician when I was attempting to bring lifestyle. And so we need to talk and we need to... When you're not going to be able to, um, trade, uh, to, to do really uh, be successful unless the leadership team is in. So that, that's an interest that I definitely have on the other side of, uh, uh coaching uh, or being physician. Um, I think with plan-based, it's amazing to see this did not exist. We didn't offer this to the population, um, about two years ago. And now we're offering plan-based lifestyle medicine, telehealth. People can have access to amazing physician. We have, what, 12 now. Um, and it's going to grow. And we're going to have those group visit. And who knows, eventually we may have a group of athletes that will be, uh, you know, part of uh, having the chance. And, you know, that would be, so me, that would be amazing. So that's, that's what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, if you guys ever decide to do a research study with athletes, yeah, where the Yogi Triathlete community is in, I'm sure we could round up a whole bunch of them for you.
0: That's Um, a great
1: idea. And I'm glad you, you know, it just kind of hit me before you were speaking. I was talking about, you know, women athletes, like, this is your doctor. But also, we've got several physicians on our team and we've got physicians in this community and like physicians seeking other, you know, physicians like you to guide them to those higher levels? Because I don't know, I think you're this way too. Like you got to walk the talk. You got to walk your talk. And you know, I'm a mindset coach and I work with a mindset coach. Mm -hmm. I worked with a meditation teacher for, you know, BJ as Mm -hmm. well, like for the last decade. And my gosh, it's, you know, when you're the, when you're the go-to, it's like, it's so nice to have a go-to. Um, Who's your go to? Who do you bounce things off of?
0: Uh, I have a coach that I have the chance to work with. So it's, it's, you know, and, and, and obviously I'm still in training. So I have the chance to have peer coaching in the level because I do healthcare institution coaching. So I, I do a lot of, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, learner, a constant learner. Even, uh, you know, my age people would say, why don't you just take it easy and retire? And I said, eh, it's kind of, kind of boring for me. I want to do more. Um, so the coach and um, having the chance to uh, uh, do the peer coaching with my people uh, regarding physicians. So I coach and I coach physician. I have uh, a, a number of physicians that I'm working with, which is, uh, it's it's really fun. I really like it. So it's an evolution of, uh, you know, it's all coaching when you think about it. When I start as a younger, I coach, coach these person, these, you know, twins. And then I, uh, don't tell me, we didn't even say that. Why didn't you go as a sports physician? <laughs> the reason was that the athlete didn't listen to me. You know, they don't want to stop when they have an injury. I said, I'm not going to do that. This isn't going to work. So I decided to go in OBGYN because you can coach women in labor if they listen well because they don't know what to do. This is talking about a place where, you know, you you can't prepare. It's not like a marathon. You're going to do a lot of preparation. We're in labor. Nobody knows how to push. <laughs> you have to train them and tell them. So there was some coaching there and then coaching the patient now. Coaching the physician. So my um, noble purpose, we're going to finish probably with that. My noble purpose is coaching a village to health.
1: Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful.
0: I love it. How can people get uh, more
1: of Dr. Fontaine? Where can they just uh, absorb more of you?
0: Well, there's the com for physician. And obviously, depend of the state. And I'm, I'm not... Uh, I don't have uh, my license in every single state, but they can see that online. Um, and, and I also coach uh, not only physicians. So if they look at my website on letsleadllc.com, then they can reach out to me as well. Uh, and I think my phone number is there, so it's easy to reach out to me. And uh, hopefully we'll stay in contact you too. Yeah. Absolutely. That, oh my gosh. That yes. I'm, I'm feeling... A, I want
1: to meet a, a, everyone. Whatever. I'm feeling a future
0: <laughs> research study happening here,
1: um, which seems That'd pretty exciting. Yeah. Anything is possible, especially Absolutely. with somebody like you at the helm. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, really, really enjoyed talking with you today and getting to know you. And um, yeah, I'm sure this won't be the last time we
0: speak. Yeah, I hope so. That was, I, I really appreciate it. It was fun to talk to you guys. Felt like it's just a Just a nice conversation at home. Good. I hope our (laughs) listeners enjoyed it too. I think they'll take away many nuggets of gold. I hope so.